So today we're going to see, and I I hope you already saw it, when when I, I read the gospel today, right, when you hear those words, and he took the loaves, blessed, and broke them, right, did, did you hear that? This means yes, this means no. Did you notice how, like, I just can't help but I go into, like, like everybody says priests, you always have, like, a prayer voice, you have, like, your mass voice. I try really hard not to, but I think I do. And I can't help but say those words the same way that we would say them at the altar. Uh, it's kind of like, after you become a priest, you can't handle the feeling of breadcrumbs on your fingers because you, you're scared that it's the Eucharist. And so everywhere I go, like I'll be at a restaurant and I have something on my fingers and I'm like looking for the chalice to like <laughs> rub off the fragments of the Eucharist. Okay, anyway, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about how today's gospel reading powerfully is going to point us to the critical moment of the life of Jesus Christ where he gives his body and blood at the Last Supper. We're going to see that. But first I want to talk about having your own space. Isn't it great when you have your own space? Every time in my life, whenever I've moved, that's kind of the first thing, is you've got to set up that living space. You have to have a place you call home, where at the end of the day, whatever else is going on, you can just go to that space, and you can exhale, and you can say, okay, I'm home. We, we do this. I laugh. The, the neighboring parish, which is totally lame, uh, no, just kidding, uh, two parishes down. So at All Souls, Father Sam Moorhead is a friend of mine. And if you go to Father Sam's house, like, if you had never known that was his house and you walked in, you would know it was Sam's house. It's like, it has Father Sam written all over it. Uh, my rectory is kind of the same way. I like having things a certain way, and it's just home. And the companions, uh, everybody's like this. Every priest has their way of doing things. And I, I'm reminded of, a, in seminary, we had, we, we called it back then, uh, the culture wars in the seminary. And it wasn't the big culture wars where we have the culture of death and the culture of life. It was Colorado and Wisconsin. And those were big culture wars. And what happened was a friend of mine, the two of us, there was a free room on our floor. And we were like, oh, wow. And we asked one of the priests, like, can we make this into like just a little kind of like lounge area? So we got permission and we started to set it up. And it was very Colorado. You know, there's like pictures of 14ers on the wall and like, I don't know, just a certain ambiance. Well, the Wisconsin guys resented that. And they were like, all you Colorado people, you think you're better than everybody else. So they started like subtly trying to take over that space. And so they, they literally put a neon sign for Pabst Blue Ribbon on the wall. And I was like, get out. <laughs> like, get out of this space. And it, it kind of went back and forth. Daryl, Deacon Daryl, his wife, Mary, we started calling it the Larkin Lounge. And so she got a sign that said the Larkin Lounge, and that just escalated it to World War III. Okay, but point being, we like spaces that we just have that are ours. And here's the the main thing I want to say to you today is very simple, but if you take it seriously, brothers and sisters, it will change the way you live in this world. We love having a space. And today's gospel 
Matthew wants to show us that Jesus has no place in this world. Christ has no place in this world. And in the context of where we're at here, we're in Matthew chapter 14. And earlier in this chapter, two things happen where Matthew is going to show us that the world does not have a place for Christ. It's no accident that oftentimes in the Gospels, the most important things that happen are in the desert. And the Lord finds himself going out to deserted places and to the desert itself because there is no room for him. So when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a lonely place. And then in verse 15, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a lonely place. Send the crowds away so they can get food. But this isn't just Matthew. This is all over the gospel. In John chapter 1, St. John tells us that Jesus came into the world, but the world did not receive him. In Matthew chapter 8, there's someone who wants to follow Christ. He says, Lord, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, birds of the air have nests and foxes of the earth have dens, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Or even stronger, in John 15, in John 15, verse 18, Jesus says this to us. we got to hear this. I want to make you a little uncomfortable today. And I know what you're thinking, you do that every Sunday. That's my job. Talk to him. Okay. In verse 18 of John 15, Jesus says to us, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And he goes on. And I don't know if you're feeling this, but I bet you are. So much of my life as a Christian, I want to belong. I want an easy life. I want a place of my own in the world. The New Testament, not in one place, not in two places, all over the New Testament, we are told that if you follow Jesus Christ, you do not belong to this world. And I want to challenge you all on that this morning. It is not out of the ordinary for us to feel like the society we are in is a place that we don't belong. That's not strange. That is Christian. You don't belong to this culture. You do not belong to the world. And in the gospel today, the church has, of course, reflected on this beautiful gospel for 2,000 years. And brothers and sisters, what happens in this gospel is the crowd 
leaves behind the world to be with Jesus in the desert. That's what the church is. The church is the communion, the fellowship of those who have left the world behind to be with him. And this world has no room for Jesus. One more thing in that context, in Matthew 14, two things happen right before this that really drive Jesus out to the wilderness. Two things. The first thing is that he goes to his hometown in Nazareth and he's rejected. They take offense at him. And then right after that, Herod, we're told, throws a big party and a banquet. And at that banquet, he will end up killing John the Baptist. The world has no place for those who belong to God. And brothers and sisters, make no mistake, we, you and I, there's prudence, there's ways that we fight in the world, there's ways we stand up for the church and for Christ, and I understand that. That's necessary. But do not be fooled. If you belonged to the world, the world would love its own. And the fact that the world is going to become more and more anti-Christian should not come as any surprise whatsoever to you because you read the gospel of Jesus Christ and he teaches us this. And so you will not be surprised by that. Balthazar has a super powerful sermon on this. As you've heard me say before, everything I ever say to you is stolen. So Balthazar, he has, he has this word, he has a sermon, it's called, and by the way, this book, not easy, if you ever want to read Balthazar, it's called uh, You Crown the Year with Your Goodness. It's a series of sermons, it's in our bookstore in the back, there's three or four copies. It is one of my favorite books, it's incredible. I steal from, in my sermons, I steal from this all the time. So Balthazar says this, he talks about, he has a sermon called Living in the Interstices. And I know what you're thinking. There's no way I'm buying that book. <laughs> Living in the interstices. What an H-E double hockey stick does that mean? I didn't know either. I had to look it up. Interstices, it means an in-between space. And Balthazar has an image in this sermon where he talks about how Christians are called to live in in-between spaces. And he talks about those cracks in masonry where these tiny flowers grow out of the crack. And he says, that's the life of a Christian. But he says this, he says, as we began saying, there are still the mysterious interstices, the in-between spaces. There, by God's appointment, dwell those who desire to live in and for his love. They keep the world going. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to be called to an interstice. You will be one of those people who doesn't fit in. 
because you don't belong to the world. And I want to leave you with this, brothers and sisters. If that scares you, it shouldn't. Because we all want our space. You will have a small space. It will not be a big one. But in that space, and today's all of our readings zero in on this today, in the desert, if you go into the desert, if you follow Christ and you say, Jesus, the world has nothing for me, this world goes mad. Right? It's right now, Jesus, right now, our world is trying to tear down the family. The very thing that is the foundation of human life. Jesus, this world has nothing for me. And I'm scared to go to the desert. But if you go to the desert, you might think, is God going to provide? And in the desert, there is abundance. Right today, Jesus, in the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves, there is abundance. If you go to the desert, if you leave this world behind, if you stop trying to fit in with everybody else and living for pride and vanity and pleasure, if you do that, your soul will find abundance with Christ. Ultimately today, if we had time for another sermon, I know everyone prays for that every week, please let there be another sermon. Um, if we had that time, we would go into how is Jesus ultimately going to do that? It's with the Eucharist. And today's miracle in the desert points to that. Brothers and sisters, don't be scared of the desert. You know that you're called there. You are not called to the world. You are called out of the world. Don't be scared of the desert. If you go to the desert, if you leave your life behind and you leave the world behind, I promise you there is abundance in the desert.